0: to the Home Team Podcast. Steve Carter here. And you know that this podcast exists because we're talking about the intersection of faith and sports, culture and family. And I'm here with my my dear friends, Sam Macho, Trey Burton. But today I want to just signpost where we're going. Um, Today we are going to talk about the Dante Wright tragedy. I want to get Sam and Trey's thoughts on that. And we're also going to talk about the NFL's memo that went out about the vaccinations. I want to hear as a former player, as one that's in free agency, what their initial thoughts are to that memo. But let's, let's turn our attention. Let's turn our attention to um, what's happening in Minneapolis. Um, Sam, I'm going to start with you. Um, I know, I know, uh, we find ourselves once again in another situation, uh, that just has gripped our country. Um, it's dividing our country. There are people on, probably even listening to this podcast on different sides of this conversation. Um, but this is a human life. And I know you're a pastor's heart. Um, I know just you've been reading up on this. Um, give us your take on how you're processing through uh, this Dante Wright tragedy.
1: Yeah, well, I'm still processing. I'm still processing, if I'm being honest. The the thought that came to my mind, and I posted something on social media earlier today, was people's responses. Because I know, like, people's response. Like, the, I think that what really gets me is, like, because the response that I've heard, like Now with Dante Wright, with George Floyd, with Ahmaud Arbery, with you know, Breonna Taylor. I mean, the, the response is is constantly and consistently, well, why didn't they just listen to the police officer, or why did why were they selling cigarettes, or he had a warrant for his arrest, or I mean, that, like that it's always that's always consistently from from at least some of my white brothers and sisters. The response. If they would have just listened, then they'd still be alive, essentially. And then it just got me thinking of like lynching, like how years ago, you know, I forget who sings a song. There's a song called Strange Fruit, talking about like how like people's bodies, like black bodies hanging from trees. I'm like, man, there's some strange fruit hanging from these trees. And like, those were lynchings, were a spectacle. Like, people would go, like, even people would pause churches to go see a lynching at some, some certain places. So, like, and I, it just had me wondering, like, I wonder, like, when you saw someone getting lynched back then, like, what were people saying? Like, well, well shouldn't have whistled, whistled at that at that white woman? Or man, if you weren't playing that, that music, or if you didn't steal that cigarette, you'd still be alive. Like you'd still be alive. And so for me, and I'm still processing a lot of this, but I just look at our responses. Like that is probably the most troubling thing for me because there are like bodies hanging, people dying and I, I don't see the empathy.
0: Man, So it's, it's so, um, it's just sobering, you know, on so many levels. I, I think even this week when, um, the army Lieutenant Nazario was pulled over and you just, you watch this young man just asking, what, what am I, what did I, what did I do? What did I do? Like, and his hands are up and, and, and you could feel the, the PTSD, of you could feel the fear. Like, I don't know what happens when I get out of my car. I don't know where this thing could go. If I get out of this car and almost, I, I, I had not seen um, just that level of humanity in the sense of here was a guy and just the screaming and I've been pulled over. I've never, I've never had that happen. Um, and, and I just, I, i i think when you're talking about the people's responses but just to think as an army lieutenant in fatigues um in just this moment and you just sit here and you go the fear the terror the just this this how scared and you could feel and again those those officers um they, they, they were definitely disciplined, I think, fired because of excessive force. But you, just, you sit here and you go, is this another summer and another summer and another summer and another summer? And instead of being able to re- mourn with those who mourn like the scriptures teach us, I feel like there is what you're saying. A lot of people who are n- choosing not to mourn the sadness and the loss of life and the systems that have created this kind of opportunity for a lost life. And they're making excuses. And so it's, 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 just, it's just hard. And so for me, I wish, um, some of my white brothers and sisters could just sit there and just go, this is not okay. Yeah. And i and, and, and actually begin to listen, begin to sit and then begin to take helpful steps, um, Trey, what about what about you? How, how does this hit you and, and Florida seeing this
2: or um, hearing about it? Yeah, I mean, my my thought process goes straight to like what can be done more than it's already being done to end some of this craziness that's going on. And I, I don't understand how you don't see it as a murder. Like, there's no, in my opinion, there's no other reasoning. You know, really, any of these any of these black men that have been killed by police officers. How do you not see those? As And you also got to realize that not everybody's going to see things eye to eye. You know, I think we kind of do understand that to a degree. And I do, with my whole heart, do believe that more and more people are starting to be on our side of things in a sense of like, this is wrong. This should never happen. Um, But it's not enough people. And it's not happening as fast as I think it should be happening. But, um, I mean, I think ultimately we got to figure out a way to stop these, these interactions. We got to figure out a way to stop having these horrible events happen to these, these men shoot and women. Um, and I, I don't know what the answer is. You know, I wish I did. And I don't know, I don't know what you guys think the answer might be, but it's just, it's a
1: tragedy for sure. And e- even with the Nazario army Lieutenant Nazario, like even that, I could see how the response from a lot of people once again is, well, why doesn't why doesn't he just get out of the car? If anyone saw the video, he's, he has his hands out of his window and he's asking calmly, what did I do wrong? Get out of the car. Get, what, can you please explain to me what I did wrong? Get out of the car. Please explain. And so it's like the response isn't, no, that's wrong. What's going on? It's like, well, dude, why don't you just get out of the car? Just listen. Just, you know, just, just you know, follow commands. And, and I, like that has been conditioned. Like we have been conditioned. I think about <laughs> people all talk about training, you know, police training. You gotta be trained, right? The, the, the lady who 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 killed Dante Wright or who shot Dante Wright and killed Dante Wright, um, she's been a police officer for 26 years. She's the president of the of the whatever the police that, that organ the police union for that city or county. So when I think about training, I'm like, it's not police training. There needs to be some training that happens like as a kid at a young age, like those unspoken things of like, oh, walk on the other side of the street or hold your purse a little bit tighter when you see somebody in this part of town, right? Well, y'all know I do another podcast um, and I'll, I'll called the Athletes for Justice podcast. And on that podcast, I interviewed a 71-year-old lady and she talked about how A 71-year-old white lady talked about how at a young age, like, in so many ways, she was taught, stay away from black people, stay away from Hispanics, stay away, they're not safe. And if that's being bred in you at a young age, and yes, she's 71, but that same, the same, maybe it's not verbal rhetoric, but those same feelings and misconceptions remain, I mean, go to, I grew up in Dallas, Texas. You go to Highland Park. They call Highland Park a sundown town, right? No, no blacks. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's what it was. That's literally what it was. No blacks. And even now, there may, there's a, there may be a few black people in there, but even now, like 10 years ago, 15, 12 years ago in high school, I'm dry, if I drive through uh, Highland Park, I'm getting followed. I'm not making it up. This isn't like, an, um, you know, this is a true story. Like, I don't go through Highland Park because I'll get followed. Black man in Highland Park. And that it's there's more it's not it 's not about police training like that training needs to happen much 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 earlier you know it's interesting um I, I saw this tweet
0: uh, by Luke norsworthy and because um, I think a lot of this stuff gets really politicized, you know, and it becomes left and right, everything becomes left and right becomes one side one side another side and politicians jump in i mean we we were going back and forth about some statements that barkley even made about this recently you know and just it, it's it's all of a sudden what gets lost is uh uh dante wright's family what gets yeah. lost is you know the the family situation um as a father uh, the kids the, the the family and and so I, I i keep thinking about this in regards you know as you know a pastor is a you know someone who who wants the church to lead well in a season like this but he he says this about politics uh, Luke Northworthy he says i've seen a lot of people leave their church because it doesn't match their political party i've rarely seen anyone leave their political party because it doesn't match their church i wonder why i just thought about this like in my mind i've seen a lot of people leave their church because it doesn't match their political party or their agenda or their personal preference, or what they hold as like really, really tightly. But I've rarely seen anyone leave their political party or that agenda or how they see or how they've been taught to see, as Sam was alluding to, because it doesn't match their, their church or their view of Jesus. And, and I think this just keeps, for me, coming back to, okay, how, how would Jesus respond in this situation? How, how would he actually, I think he's sitting with the family and he's mourning. I think he's sitting with those that are the the oppressed that are grieving. I think he's, I think he's figuring out, well, okay, what's, what's the systems that are causing this level of injustice and what must we do about it? But unfortunately there's something that's preventing us one from engaging. And then two, you know, this is, this is like total marriage stuff, but like you, you think about there are times in your marriage where you have positive override. So your, your wife says something, and because you have positive override, you got chips in the, in the, in the, in the deposit, you're like, ah, that's no problem. Like she, she didn't mean to do that. She didn't mean to do that. But when there's like no date nights, there's been no like actual processing, you've just been missing each other for two weeks, you don't have that positive override. So then mm-hmm. all of a sudden, like she says something and you take it personally. And then that actually leads into a fight because there's negative override. What's so tricky right now is there is – no positive override in this conversation, but what's being asked of from the black community is you should have positive override. You should have positive override. And you're like, no, 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 no. Like, do you understand that the, the names and there's so many names and there's so many tapes and there's so many stories. Um, and there's negative override and it's rightly so because of the injustice. And so I think for me, I sit here and go, this isn't just magically get better. We're like, oh, we're just going to pray for the families. This gets to a point where we have to like, actually weep with those who weep, mourn with those who mourn, but then begin to take the right steps to go, what's causing this negative override and how do we root it out? And and, and I think until we do that, then all the other storylines will be a distraction from actually facing reality. And unfortunately, who pays when we face when we don't have the courage to face reality, those that don't have the power. And that is unacceptable
2: in the kingdom of God, in my personal opinion. Yeah, I mean, you, you kind of get to the problem with, I mean, speaking on all that, I mean, I couldn't have said that any better, but you kind of get to the problem of American Christianity, you know, in, in a way. Like trying to attach religion to a political party, like nowhere in the word does the Bible say anything about that at all. And so, I mean, it's just exactly what you're hitting on, Steve. Like, bro, like we're so backwards. A lot of people are so backwards, and instead of choosing religion over a party, they're choosing party over a relationship, and it's just it's completely backwards.
1: Yeah, and even like if you look at like that, we were talking before we pressed record about uh, just Steve's got a book coming out uh, soon called "The Thing Beneath the Thing," and I got a chance to, to check a little bit of that out, and. And, and I just finished also reading Francis Chan's book called Crazy Love, which I know it's been out for years. And like the God of the Bible is like, like we serve a just God, like a fair God. And I think about how like so many, whether it's like a police officer who gets off with no punishment, no justice, if you will, or, you know, even the people who 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 killed Amarty Arbery, right? I just think about, like, how this stuff isn't fair. We're, we're looking at the the George Floyd trial right now. And, like, I get discouraged, for sure, because I'm like, oh, this Kim lady officer, she ain't getting more than maybe, maybe a year in jail, if she gets jail time, right? She yelled, taser, taser, you know, she ain't. No. But then I'm like, man, like, God is a real God and he is a just judge. So not even for her, I'm talking about for all of us. Like he's gonna, all of us are gonna have to to give an account and be like, man, what were you doing when those those bodies were hanging from those trees? 100 years ago, or better yet, now, what are you doing when you're seeing all these uh, black people being killed or Asian people? I was sitting at a Panera Bread the other day, dude, at a Panera Bread, and there was an Asian man, kind of across the way and there were some, some white men sitting there and like, even before the white guys walked in there, what, you know, what was going through my mind I was like, dude, what if somebody came and tried to jump this Asian dude? Cause that's been happening yeah. all across the country. Like, what would I do? Would I go and protect him? And then, and then the thought came of like, man, what if some of these dudes try to jump me? What would I do? Like, that's a reality that, that, I hate when people say black and brown because it's more uh, black, Asian, Hispanic. Like that's a reality that a lot of non-white people are feeling right now. Not all, I said a lot, are feeling. It's a reality. And I feel like God's sitting here like, are y'all really just gonna sit here and say, well, you you should have just listened. Or are you gonna like, like stand up and step up and speak up or maybe just mourn? Maybe just you just mourn. Like that's, that's the God of the Bible is not attached with a political party. He's a judge and his agenda reigns. We all sin. We all fall short. And I just feel like a lot of people, they don't even admit the sin. Like, let's just admit the sin and let's repent and let's turn from it. But we don't even want to admit it. We say, no, it was their fault because he was selling cigarettes. It was his fault because he had a, a warrant because he, 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 he did he, marijuana. Which now is legal, and they, it was his fault, because, or it's her fault because she dated a guy who had a like. Do you think the God of the Bible is sitting and, and and blaming and pointing fingers, or is he saying, "No, step up, stand up, or maybe just sit down and mourn"? Can we do that?
0: When you think about you think about justice, and you know, obviously, I love your podcast, Sam. What you what you're doing, athletes for justice, and you know, we've talked about this, but. um, an amazing advocate Tyler Burns he he taught me this and so i'm not i'm not taking credit for that but he he uh he said you know justice is when we make your problem my problem and really that's that's at the heart of the gospel is yeah. when god made our sin problem his problem and and i think the, what's what for me is so unjust is um when your problem i can i can't even i can't even enter in i can't even give the ministry of presence. I can't even engage it. Or I get, oh man, like, I'm like, th- this is about all white people, or this is about all, no, 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 no. This is about something that's broken and broken things and crooked streets. Like uh, we, we need to, to redeem and restore and heal and we need to make them right. Like, um, I, and so I just, I sit here and go, gosh, like, uh, if we love the word justice. We just don't love the idea of having to make someone else's problem my problem and what that yeah. would cost. You know, some of those examples that you talk about, man. Like I'm in, was in Oceanside, California this morning, and I was I was doing a walk, and and I saw this Asian woman. She was just walking with her groceries, and I saw a couple of other guys across the street, and she, I saw her look, and you could just see like, is it is this okay to walk to the other side? And I thought to myself. What would I do if someone ran after her? Well, I hope I would run after her and, and protect her, you know, because you this is what you do. You make someone else's problem your problem. But for for many of us, we're just kind of um just too distracted. We don't want to get involved. We don't want it, we're nervous. And I, I just I just keep thinking, you know, both of you guys are heavily involved with IJM. And thank goodness that they're making Someone else's problem, their problem and going, we are going to ask actually go rescue kids who have been, you know, trafficked. We're going to rescue kids who have been put into the, the worst predicament and the worst systems of power and sex trafficking and slavery. And they are doing incredible things, but before what they were before their ministry, I'm sure there were some other ones, but like, I mean, we, we can't just turn a blind eye to that. And, and I just go, nobody's, nobody's going, well, that's just too political. That's dude. No, it's wrong. It breaks the heart of God. It breaks. If you're human, you go, this shouldn't actually happen. And I think for us, man, Sam, I couldn't agree with you more. I just go, we just have to have our hearts expanded to say, your problem is my problem. Your problem is my problem. And until um, both uh, all of your kids can grow up in a place where they don't have to get nervous, pulling a car over. That's my problem. That's my problem too. And, and, and how do I use what I have? And it's not much, but I'm going to use what I have to say, that's okay. And will I lose followers? So be it. Will I lose some people who go, Steve, you're, 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 no, no, no. Why? Because I think this is what Jesus would have done because Jesus made my problem, his problem. So, so again, for me, it is profoundly gospel and yeah sorry i just went on a little rant right there um just get the no. organ
2: going and uh we'll raise some hands and um <laughs> see you next week bro well bro i was so happy last sunday when hideki matsuzama won the masters like the first japanese player asian player that, bro and with all the crap that's going on you know with them and what they're having to go through kind of the stories you guys just told literally no bullcrap the first thing i thought of was like man what a perfect, what perfect timing. You could not ask for a better time, man, for a man from Japan to win the Masters. Like the most coveted, you know, green jacket, whitest sport, you know, in America. Like, man, that, it was amazing, you know, for him and the whole country. And, um, yeah. And the whole continent. First time know. ever. First time ever for, the, for that country, amazing. you know? Yeah. Did you see the caddy too? He went Dude, and, Yes. And before he
0: just did the, just did the, the respect. bow and honor, respect. And you sit there yeah. and you're like, I mean, I could. I like the the prophetic irony of it all, and and because of what was happening, what was going on in the state of Georgia with their laws that had changed, and you know all of this happening here and in this moment with all of what had been transpiring. Um, I think you just named that man Trey so well. That was that was just felt like so holy and sacred just to watch, and it was fun to celebrate.
2: I would have lost it if I were him, bro, like with all the stuff and attention that's going on, I, I don't know how he didn't how he kept it together. you know, I would probably would have been boohoo crying uh after I made that putt, so i mean bro I, it was I was heavy, you know I'm not Asian, but you know I, I I can understand to a degree what they're going through like man i was I
1: couldn't believe it, you know it was really special, good moment, Trey, what did that mean to you watching that? You said you were heavy with everything going on with the Asian community, then seeing that, watching the masters, like obviously like like what did that mean? For you, that moment. My I,
2: I just remember like my heart like skipped a beat. Like I was rejoicing for them. Like, man, they deserve this. Um, it, it was just it was just special for, for me. And I can only imagine how special it was for them. Not only, I mean, regardless of forget about everything that's going on, just being the first person from a country to win an event like that unbelievable but then with the weight that's happening and all the horrible things that american people are doing to um asian people um, i don't know man i just i guess the best thing i could say is I, my heart just skipped a beat like i was extremely i couldn't stop smiling um and you would have thought it was my son or you know i won the event like i was just i was i was really happy for him bro and it's something that um like you said steve like prophetic like amazing for the asian community
0: keeping on the sports side too um know the nfl released a memo this Uh, past week about the vaccinations and um, I'm just curious like I you know whenever I see something I'm always like okay what what's Trey think about this as a player what's Sam think about this you know NFLPA you know just like what, what you know how does how does a memo like this go out and then you've got you know different people different organizations speaking up and saying certain things and fans saying certain things and hot takes all that stuff but i just yeah what did what did first off i think the question is what, what what did you guys feel when you heard about that and then two um do you know this stuff is coming out like do you guys get like emails 30 minutes before they go public or are you like flipping on espn and you're like oh okay like it, do you guys have like your own like trey burton you know, 80 at NFL.com. Like, do you, do you, like, I, I, I'm just, I, I think as fans. We don't know this stuff. Like, do you find out when Steven a finds out or a- Adam Scheffner you're like, Oh, I got traded. Thanks, Adam. You
2: know, how, how does this, how does this stuff work? Well, Sam's in a different league than I'm in. So I'll, I'll give the floor to Sam. Sam, what exactly did the memo say? And you, the PA had, a, uh, had something to say as well. So what,
1: what was that? So specifically with the NFL memo. So I didn't know about that one. So I serve, on the, I serve on the NFL Players Association. I'm on the executive committee, one of the vice presidents. So a lot of stuff I'll hear about. Before it gets released, not on like the Schefter level. Like I'm not like releasing, hey, Schefty, you know, here's a new new," (laughs) news. But like, so like the NFL specific, the vaccination one, I I I I didn't know about that. I found out about that probably after everyone else found out about that. But even with some of the stuff that's going on now, with some players saying, hey, we want to, with with our off season programs, we want that to be virtual because some states COVID is isn't you know the best, and we're still trying. So some of that I know beforehand, and so. Uh, so so anyway, some of that stuff I know, but other stuff I have no idea.
2: Regarding the memo, though, what would you guys think? Well, wait. Did the memo say that the so, – because the so thing the memo, I'm reading – So the memo – here's what
1: the memo said. So the memo said – and this is just because I read it, not because I had it beforehand. Um, but, so the memo Really, said, Sam? <laughs> right.
2: You heard vice president. I heard vice president. I don't know what y'all heard.
1: So the memo says essentially that any NFL – staff, personnel, not players, but anyone who works for any NFL team who wants to be in what they call tier one or tier two. Or if you remember last year during COVID, they divided personnel into different tiers. Tier one was people who were interacting with the players nonstop, right? Trey, those would be like the trainers or the team doctors or whatever. Tier two is people who were like having ancillary kind of interaction. So not with players all the time, but still access. Tier three is like, don't even come to the facility. You stay at home, work from home. So the memo says anyone who wants to be in tier one or tier two to be able to have access, you must be vaccinated. Unless there's a religious reason or unless there's a, I forget what the other, there's either religious or one other reason, you must be vaccinated. If not, you won't be allowed to be in that tier one or tier two. And I'm not sure if it goes as far to say, it doesn't say this verbatim, but I'm wondering, okay, what does that look like for someone's job? My opinion, I feel like two things. One, I think that's a strong stance, right? And even from from as far as any league, it's the strongest stance so far uh, in regards to, hey, if you want to come work, you got to be vaccinated. Like that, in my opinion, is a really strong stance. And, 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 you know, uh, from a person who hasn't got the vaccine yet, who, you know, I've got a a lot of family members who have gotten it, right? I've read some stuff about the Johnson & Johnson being on pause, right? Somebody who's still kind of like, hey, I want to, You know, and this people say this and it doesn't always get the best responses, but I'm like, hey, I want to like get a little bit more information, you know, first, you know, that like from from somebody on that side. um, I'm like, okay, like that seems a little bit strong. But then I go to the the thing behind the thing, like the reasoning. And, And Sam Ponder used to say this all the time. She always would say, follow the money, follow the money. And I'm not I'm not saying this is the reason why the NFL is mandating vaccinations for staff. But I do know that the NFL does want stadiums to be full again. The NFL does want things to get back to normal. And the more, you know, the more you can get, quote, unquote, back to normal, even if it's through vaccinations or whatever way, let's get back to normal. And so I do know that's the stance. And so um, I don't think Well, it's the, bill, like, the Bills
2: just said uh, two yeah. days ago as well that every fan has to be vaccinated in order to go to the actual I, game.
1: Yep yep and see I, even with that i don't even, i don't necessarily think that's like this altruistic righteous we just believe in the person. i think it's more like let's just get people in our seats now I may be wrong on that, but that's 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 my opinion
2: well, I just don't understand how you can force that on somebody any any of the vac- uh, vaccinations or anything from um that well it said medical medical and religious exemptions were the two reasons you didn't have to take it i mean like you sam I'm somebody who hasn't been vaccinated and like i have a really hard time doing it because the people our age have a 99 or 98% chance of surviving getting COVID. And then when you, if you do get the vaccine, it doesn't stop you from getting it and it doesn't stop you from transporting it to somebody else, you know? So it just, it doesn't make much sense right now. I would, I would love to wait and hear about what um, happens in the next couple of months, you know, with people who do get the vaccine and some of the advances they're able to make over the next couple of months. But uh, I mean, I know from, my standpoint, I'm not going to get it. So, and I, and, but I've heard also like other people who have pretty decent sized companies, you know, they say a vaccine's optional, but so are bonuses for getting paid. And like, I mean, it just, it puts you in a really bad situation to where, you know, they're going to eventually make and force everybody um, to take it. And I I just don't think that's how it should be. Well, it's,
0: and it's interesting because, you know, I think in the follow the money piece, right? You've got, let's say Highmark Stadium where the Buffalo Bills play 71,608 seats. Let's, you know, do the math times that by 125 bucks per ticket. You're at 8.9 million. Let's times that because we added a, another game. Thanks a lot, NFL. Um, <laughs> and we'll do that. And that's almost, that's 80.5 million
2: dollars just yeah. that general admission you're not even talking general, about sweet tickets and all that yeah, type of stuff yeah. field passes and, I, and all that exactly
0: all of that no merch no food no beer and if you know you're buffalo man you're gonna make a ton uh, off the beer dude goodness. so like so you, you, you sit here and you go okay let's follow the money and and again i've i've gotten my first shot i am scheduled for my second one um and um and I, and i and i think like people people have that right it's a weird place right now where it is like perception. There's so much money on the line. There's so much. Again, we, a, a lot of people don't know. Um, I, I, you know, I think these you're seeing in, in Michigan, the numbers are going back up. I mean, it's, it's, we're, we're in a really unique time. And I, I, I think I'm always curious, like, what's the real why? You know, like, um, I was, I was talking with a, a buddy of mine. You know, he's like, we do what we want to do. The, you get the question we got to ask ourselves is why do we do it? So, so like w- when we get into, I keep bringing up fights with my wife. I'm not in a fight with my wife right now, but it's just <laughs> an example. Um, but like, why we do what we do, and and sometimes we 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 actually, you know, we get into a fight. You have to ask yourself why why was I doing this? And sometimes we we actually want to create distance so we can go do the thing that we know she's going to talk some sense into us about. So you ask yourself like why. Why did I do that? I did that for a reason to create distance so that I could go break off and do something dumb. And I and I think I, I'm just so curious from multi multi billion dollar organizations um, why. And then what's so tricky is you know you're going to get to the SEC football and you know Alabama is going to fill that, but they're not going to be checking vaccination cards. They're, they're not going to be probably wearing masks. And I'm not, and again, I'm not any shade on this. I'm just saying like, I think you're going to have one state that's doing one thing Mm -hmm. in New York. You're going to have Arrowhead stadium doing something different than what's happening in Tuscaloosa. That's happening different in a dome in Minnesota or even in Las Vegas. So I like, what's just so crazy is like we're just creating all this division and separation. And I think, what would be so beautiful is we all could just kind of get together. Um, And it is interesting. I think the NFL is taking the strongest stance right now, which they typically don't. It's usually the NBA who's, who's done that. Um, So this, it'll just be interesting to see how it plays out. And, you know, I bet from an athlete, just if you guys were being honest, wouldn't, don't you love the idea of like at home workouts, like with iPads and not having to go to like, B- bourbon illinois in the humidity and sleep in college dorms like like just from a player's standpoint you're like dude this has got to be awesome um, i don't know i just i'm curious like what this will look like for you know coming up into
2: kind of the off season and kind of otas and all of that stuff well i will say last year didn't suck <laughs> the off season i will say that so i'm not going to agree or disagree but last season pre-off season did not suck and if it happened again i would raise my hand and vote for it but the i mean the numbers were interesting too sam I mean, you could obviously speak better than this but like the performance um the you know the injury rate you know all that stuff was really comparable right to like having a full it was off actually
1: better it was actually and i know we're kind of transitioning a little bit to like off season versus not off season right because this is less to do with uh the vaccine in more to do with okay what is this like off season supposed to start april nineteenth like in a next Monday or something like that right yeah. on Monday. And so yeah I mean when it comes to the numbers players actually were healthier overall last season when there was a virtual offseason than there than they were when there was a full offseason number one. And then number two, you think about like a 17th game you think about like okay what you think about just with number like people live in different states and these different rules and I mean I remember when I was in tech before I, I was in Texas for a bit and, you know, Governor of Texas is like, all right, no masks. Everybody live your life. You know, it's like, wait, what? Yeah. Same here you in know? Florida, bro. Right. And so some people are like, hey, hold on. Like, I, like, I, personally, I still wear my mask where I go. Right. I don't, you know what I mean? So some people are like, I still want to wear my mask. Others are like, hey, just live your life. You know, and so like, they're, they're, from a player perspective, I don't see a reason for players to go back in the building now for voluntary workouts. Uh, when last year we were doing a virtual off season and not only did we start the season on time and finish it on time but the game was great players and their families for the most part were healthy and all the goals that you hope for were achieved. And so this is from my, I got my NFL PA hat on right now, but also like my NFL player hat right on right now, you know, cause the other response would be like, all oh, these players are lazy. Y'all just don't want to go and, and y'all just want to, you know, work at home. Who doesn't want to work at home? But it's not that. It's like you start adding up all the, uh, like you start thinking of reasoning. Like what's the thing behind it? What's the real reason for off season workouts? If anybody's been through an off season workout, trade, you could line it up. But like the same thing you do in April, May, and June, you do go through the exact same things in july august and september or early september yeah. for training camp and so we i think we've proved that um you don't need you don't need an off season yeah can
2: in we can we go can we go back to talking about our wives real quick
1: just really, really really, really like, so good so this is good so so i, so I, I want to set the scene for this one so so just i know we're listening you guys listening to the home team podcast with trey burton steve carter and myself and we've been talking uh, we've been talking about about obviously, Dante Wright. We've been talking about the vaccine, talking about NFL offseason, even the Masters. But one thing we also wanted to talk about, Steve's brought it up a couple times, Trey, uh, and I want to talk about this as well. I guess the question of like, so we're all married and kids and like relationships can be hard. Marriages can be hard. Kids can be hard. We're going to light it up for a second and ask the question, what are some things that Maybe your spouse does, right? Or maybe even your kids. If we could just open it up, do that, just really, really bug you. And I'm diving head there. in. I'm diving head in. I, I don't want to stop there. I don't. Let want to me stop say there. it. Let me talk about hold it. Hold on. Hold <laughs> me back. Hold me back. What are some things that bug? And then, and then, if I can, what are some ways not only that we can make them better, but, but how about this? What are some things that but that 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 bug your wife that you do? Well, so that's the, a the two sided question. I'm
2: glad my wife's not on this podcast real quick. But, bro, uh, it's so fresh for me because it happened a couple hours ago this morning. She does this to me all the time. My wife doesn't sleep much at all. And, I, and I'll preface it with this. And I'm sure you guys will say the same thing. Love my wife to death. Like, I, I couldn't ask for a better partner to be with. And um, she's phenomenal. Unbelievable mom, un- unbelievable wife. But, bro, man, every morning at 530, she has an alarm go off. And what does she do? She presses snooze. And I'm like, dude, like, I I have no problem with you waking up at 530. And she, like I said, she doesn't rarely sleeps, you know, maybe a couple hours a night for whatever reason. And I would have no problem. Like if you got out of bed at 530 and you, you know, started showering or eating or coffee or reading, but like, bro, if you're going to press the snooze button and have the alarm go off, just, she, she says like, what if I want to wake up? <laughs> like, well, what if I don't want to wake up? You know what I mean? Like every morning at 5:30, it doesn't make any sense. And then she has like a 6:15, 6:20, 6:30, you know, alarm as well that it's just gonna go off nonstop. But man, she kills me with this 5:30 a.m. And so like what ha- what happens is she goes to sleep a lot of times before I do, um, and I go take her phone, press the slide button over on the 5:30 alarm slide button over on the 6.15 alarm so that she has to wake up at 6.30. But what I did this morning was 5.30 alarm went off, get up, took, threw the covers off the bed. Like, nah, you ain't, you, ain't, you ain't laying down. You ain't closing your eyes this time. Uh, but like I said, I love her to death, uh, but I, I couldn't, I had to get off my chest. I told her I was going to put her on blast today on the podcast. So thanks for letting me get that off my chest.
0: I think, I think she's trying to get you out of bed at 5.30 no i way. think that's bingo, that's a, that is the that is, she's like she's like dude I, i'm not sleeping dude because,
1: is lazy this dude is yeah not dude. he stays up late <laughs> snoring
0: i can't sleep get out of bed be like so fishing.
1: i fishing no, yeah. no it's bad it's, it's bad, bad. <laughs> i lose so my is, mind so so trey so you put her on black let's let's put you up let's if she were to put you on blast if yasenia were on the podcast what would she say man trey stop it's just i but mean come on see i fixed my i fixed my problems no, like the, no, we the, want to hear about the, the list we want to hear the about laundry list know. the receipt
2: of problems that i had from day one of marriage i am working towards making what? sure that those are good but like one okay one small thing oh, every that night was a small
1: thing, that was a small every, thing. Well,
2: that, that's a small thing for her too alarm not a big deal every night for like 15 years of my life i would eat peanut butter toast right I have a little napkin, a little paper towel. I tear a little sliver off of it just enough so that the toast could sit on the napkin with a glass of milk that 's how I used to gain weight when I was younger and uh, you know three years, four years into our marriage, I was doing the same thing a glass uh, a glass of milk and peanut butter toast and what used to make her mad was when I would put the paper towel in the cup at night and then throw it in the sink because then you got a wet paper towel if you don 't finish all your milk. <laughs> And you got whatever in the sink. So she would get mad at me. And guess what? I stopped eating peanut butter toast. <laughs> I don't need it anymore. I don't want to hear it anymore. But for me, for the eight years we've been married, the 530 alarm is still going off. But, but that's can all I'm I ask trying a to question, say.
1: Can I ask a question? Why not just put the paper towel in the trash?
2: I could. Still, and I, I stopped peanut butter. It. You could still nah, eat peanut butter I'm toast. Good. I'm good with it. I'm done. Done with it. But OK, well, what about her? <laughs> <laughs> well, what about her why does always why do i always have to change it i mean what what about her why can't she just turn the five thirty? alarm alon- she's not waking up she's still sleeping she's in bed not even getting out of bed like if she had to pee or yo, whatever like no not getting out of bed so i had to put her on blast i love her to death though oh that's fantastic i just love the. i i was thinking the same thing you're gonna give up
0: peanut butter toast just because oh, yeah. you can't And she's like yeah i'm gonna walk away i'm, I'm gonna I'm walk good. away
2: I'm good. It's all or nothing, bro. All or nothing with me, dude. All right, you don't know, cool. I'm done. Good. <laughs> you don't like it? All right, sweet.
0: <laughs> what about you, Ajo? What would you say?
1: I would say I'll, I'll start with like things that I do that probably my my spouse probably in the, the fondest of. Um, I used to be, and I'm working on it. I used to be really great at time management. Like it was like, do everything like was like boom, 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 boom dun, 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 check, check, check. And for whatever reason, maybe it's a whole like off season thing or kind of transition out of football. It's like there's some projects and stuff i need to do and i'm like yeah 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 I'll, I'll get to i don't really i just don't do it you know what i mean and it's like for me i'm like i'll get to it but she's like bro come on right like i'll, I'll you know I'll, I'll take the kids and get them out of the way or whatever just do what the thing you know? and i'm like oh i gotta get in the mood i got you know what I mean? whether it's like writing or like posting stuff or whatever and so like i know for me it's like hey like i'm trying to serve you in the way of like and to help you accomplish your goals like let's get it done you know, and the thing that used to frustrate me was like, um, it's like, hey, you're gonna do it. Are you gonna do it? Are you gonna do it? And I'm like, bruh, I'm trying to do. You know what I mean? But at the same time, she's trying to hold me accountable, um, which, at the, in all reality, I respect because if she doesn't, who? And if I'm not, who else is going to, right? Because I think for her, it's like, let's like build these these dreams that you have, like let's accomplish them. And so, if I don't need to say anything, I won't. Or if I do, then I will. But at the end of the day, the goal is the goal. So if you need me to not say anything about it, I'm good. I won't say anything about it, but go get the goal done. Or if you need me to remind you, then I will. So get the goal done. And so I think those would be the things for me. Dude, that's fantastic.
0: I I mean, we're, we're, we're athletes. I mean, you guys two more so than me, but, um, I think my wife would say, Say, say that again, say that one more time. Uh, Sam, it. Sam, <laughs> more so than me. <laughs> oh, I thought you said you guys, my bad. I didn't hear you okay, say Sam. No, 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 Sam, just Sam, just Sam. <laughs> uh, <Good. laughs> uh, no, I, so, so it's amazing. You know, when we lived in Illinois, I uh, you know, tell my wife like, oh, I got to go mow the lawn. So I'd mow the lawn and then I'd come inside and cause it's halftime, you know, and just, <laughs> I, I'd, I'd get a little food and she, she's like, Hey you didn't do the backyard. And I said, I don't, I'm going to mow the lawn. Like it's, I, like I mowed the lawn and she's like, it's a half job. Like, why do you only do half jobs? And I'm like, it's half time. Like I need a break and I need like some Gatorade. I need, yeah, totally. I just like, we got 20 minutes. I got to check the sports. And then I sit and I watch you know, 40 minutes to an hour. And then sometimes I forget about, you know, playing in the second half. Um, and, and then sometimes I will go out and mow the lawn, but she's like, you are the master at starting nine different projects and always having a halftime and just stopping and eating and forgetting. Just finish the job. Just finish he re- the job.
2: He really is a Michigan man. Oh, I know. <laughs> dude, dude, I, I, I. <laughs> you, you had the chance to set Georgia up right there. You know what I mean? But yeah, you, playing you went after the Michigan. Hey, it yeah. must be hard. It must be hard
1: to mow five acres. Gosh. I mean, how long does that <laughs> take? How long does that take? <laughs> Hey, that just got me thinking, I wonder what it would be like, because I love the example of halftime, Steve. I wonder what it would be like if a team like just didn't show up after the second half, after the first half. Like, if a team was just, like, literally, like, went home. You know what I mean? Like, you're like, yeah, That's- halftime, and then sometimes forget, sometimes like, well, <laughs> so I'm to eat some more peanut butter, jelly, and oranges, and just like, hey, I'm going to go home. You know, I think uh, our wives see stuff in us that we don't always see in ourselves. Yeah. Um, it- that's the beauty of marriage. It's like a mirror to your beauty and brokenness. And like,
0: <laughs> like here's the best parts of you and here's the parts that just bring out the, the funniest, m- most amazing, most broken responses and reactions.
1: You know what gets me though? I, well, at least what I'm, the, like the best part about marriage for me is that my wife does see the worst in me. Like the dirty parts about me, the things I don't like about myself and she still loves me. Like that for me is, I mean, you can't take that away. Because it's easy to put on the uh, social media and, or maybe go in front of people or on a field or in front of a church and they see only the good. But she sees like the emptiness and even the brokenness, like in those deep kind of like pain points. And she like helps me, helps me like through them, praise me through them. I'm like, oh, you didn't leave. Like, that for me, I think is, I mean, just the beauty of, and people talk about, like, that's how God views us, right? We're, like, the bride of Christ. He's like, bro, like, there's nothing you can do. I'm here, and I see the bro. And not only do I not leave, I die for that broken piece. Like, that, for me, I'm like, oh, wow. Like, it just is such a beautiful picture, which is why it's so frustrating sometimes when we do do those things. Steve, you made the example of, like, we want to get away and separate so we can just go do what we want to do, the thing that we know we're not supposed to do. I think we've all been there, men, women, whoever's listening. It's like, man, why not just embrace? Why not just be real? I think that's kind of the fight that I'm on, like trying to be real with not only her, but with everybody in my life. Instead of you just seeing the, the beautiful and the happy and the joyous and the everyone gets along. It's like, no, nah, dude, like that hurt me or what you said hurt me. Not even in I'm not I'm not talking about spouse relationship anymore. I'm talking about just like in people, you know. Like that's I think where I'm fighting towards. That's what that's what I'm fighting towards.
2: Yeah. No, that, that's real. I mean, I've I've told multiple of my buddies who have just been getting in and starting to get married, you know, and wedding season and all that type of stuff. Like I never really, and obviously you'll never get a grip on like forgiveness, you know, the forgiveness that God has towards each and every one of us, but I never really even understood the the concept of forgiveness, you know, you obviously say, oh, I forgive you or whatever, or What you know, all that stuff as you're a kid, but, and even growing up, but man, until I met my wife and like her forgiving me for all the baggage that I brought in to marriage um, because we didn't, we didn't have time to, uh, grow individually before we got married we kind of got married um, pretty quick and we were on the track to getting married but we definitely got married before we t- uh, really planned on getting married um, and so like just her forgiving me for all the things like truly like Sam saying like tr- like praying not just saying oh I forgive you but like living it out with you like my burden is not her burden as well and then also like praying me through it like it's just it's really special and it's it's been really cool cool journey to see and like same thing with like grace and mercy for me like i didn't have that concept had no clue about it until like i had kids and like kind of the same situation like they you know might do something multiple times when you tell them not to or you know whatever the scenario may be but like um i love my kids you know there's not nothing that they could possibly do for me to not love them any more than i already do there's nothing they can do that i love them more and there's nothing that they can do that i will love them less Um, And so those are for me, those are like really interesting and like real concepts that help me understand, you know, just a little bit of a glimpse of what um, the relationship with Christ is like.
0: I love that. You know, last week's episode, you know, a number of you listening, you responded to Sam's question, you know, when he asked, uh, what does home look like for you? What is that for you? And you messaged us, you, you kind of shared some thoughts, your own. Know, and, and I think I'd just be curious, you know, wh- what have you learned from a significant um, other, uh, someone you're dating, uh, uh, your spouse, um, about a characteristic of God? You know, you just heard Sam talk about forgiveness and Trey talk about grace and mercy, but like, I'd love to know what that is. And so please let us know we'll we'll have some stuff up on social media Uh, we got Valerie Morton kind of running our our point on social she's doing a fantastic job but we love 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 to interact with you on that and whether on Twitter whether on Instagram follow us um, we really want to have conversations and and again let us know like hit us up on Twitter if like there's something that you see that's happening in in culture and in sports and you're like man I want to hear the guys talk about this Uh, let us know we we, we take this stuff seriously we want to be something that's accessible
1: to you you and yeah so we're we're fired up um sam what, what do you got here's proof that i don't know things before anyone else so i literally just got this memo the nfl sent out a memo about their new off-season program which they did not run by the nfl pa and so i'm reading this on twitter and then also we have this like slack channel where we talk about what, we're, what we got going on and in our slack channel our nfl pa player association slack channel they're like hey nfl didn't let us know about this our our position is our position and so, yes, I might be a VP, but I'm a VP of my side, not the other side.
0: For the people, for the players, not the shield. Yes. <laughs> that's, that's how you close this episode of the Home Team Podcast. Friends, we'll be back next week. Thanks for everything. Thanks for following us. And uh, again, let us know how we can, how we can just uh, chop it up about the things you want to hear from us. So hope you guys have a great week. Thanks, Trey. Thanks, Sam. Um, and I'll be, I'll be hoping that... You uh don't have to wake up at five thirty AM tomorrow. Appreciate morning. that. Much love. Go Gators.